you know things are different when two All-Stars and five of their top 10 players in minutes per game are out and the Pelicans still win by 20. We've said it before and I'll say it again after a 113-93 win over the Indiana Pacers, the New Orleans Pelicans might be the deepest team in the league. Let's break down the biggest performances from the win in today's episode of Locked On Pelicans. Let's go! You are Locked On Pelicans, your daily New Orleans Pelicans podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to another edition of Locked On Pelicans, the daily podcast covering your favorite team, the New Orleans Pelicans and NBA, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day, available wherever you get your podcasts and available on YouTube. I'm your host, Pelicans Insider, credential member of the media, Jake Madison, at NOLA Jake on Twitter, here with you all on this Tuesday, first show of the week for Locked On Pelicans. I am dealing with COVID. It's why I probably sound terrible. It's also going to probably mean why this show is a little bit shorter because I'm hoping I don't just start coughing on here. And it's not the easiest thing to try and do. So bear with me this week. Hopefully I'll be able to make it maybe on Wednesday's game or by Friday's game. I'll kind of be back to normal. And thank you for making Locked On Pelicans your first listen today and every day. We're here Monday through Friday for you all, breaking down everything you want to know about this team. The wins, the losses, the trade rumors, the salary cap. We cover it all completely free like no one else is. Subscribe wherever you get your podcast and on YouTube. Number one thing you can do to support the show. Comment down below on YouTube. Today's episode of Locked On Pelicans is brought to you by Prize Picks. Prize Picks is daily fantasy made easy. First-time users can receive a 100% instant deposit match up to $100 with promo code locked on. That's prizepicks.com promo code locked on. So let's get into it. A 113-93 win over the Indiana Pacers. This is one that you could have almost called a scheduled loss. No Zion Williamson, no Brandon Ingram, no Herb Jones. That's two all-stars and three starters for the Pelicans. You're down 60% of your starters in this one. You also were without Trey Murphy and I'm forgetting and Dyson Daniels. When you look at all of that, that's five of the top 10 guys in minutes played per game. There's actually four of your top five guys in minutes played per game, pretty much. That's incredible to lose that kind of talent and then go out and, and get up on the Indiana Pacers and their starters by 29 points at one point. Things with this Pelicans team feel different and are different because the depth is at a level we've really never seen before. Najee Marshall was the hero of this one, going out scoring 22 points. Jackson Hayes, after not playing at all these past two games, has looked pretty good. You have Jonas Valanciunas stepping up, realizing he couldn't be stopped in this one, going out and putting up an easy 20-12 and 12 game. You'd Kyra Lewis Jr., still kind of on his way back from the knee injury, get out there and look really good and make plays. Devontae Graham reading the defense, making plays. Larry Nance Jr. hustling on the boards, grabbing offensive boards to keep New Orleans in there for second chance points. It was impressive to see. Years have passed. This is a loss. This is a loss for New Orleans. But the energy was there, and it was through the roof at times. And you really see a lot of this team chemistry that they've been building. There's a lot of trust between these guys. They're able to just slot different players in, and they don't miss a step. The Pelicans had 30 assists on the night. For guys who probably never really played together significant minutes, five-man lineup combinations that have probably gotten almost no run together, to be able to do that 
and take it to another team's starters is incredibly impressive, right? Look at James uh, Johnson in this one for the Indiana Pacers. He is a guy that was a key reserve for New Orleans in the recent past. Played six minutes and 36 seconds. That's when the Indiana Pacers gave up and they took basically everyone out. James Johnson was only getting mop-up minutes for the Indiana Pacers when before he was a key reserve for New Orleans. And now the Pels reserves pretty much ran out the Pacers starters. We've come a very long way. You know, this is due to a lot of the players really buying in and believing what they're building here in New Orleans. Najee Marshall talked about it after this game saying, you know, he's been here for a while now. You have Brandon Ingram and him were talking and wondering just how is this team not one of the best ones in the league? They feel they are that good. There is that much talent here. They believe in what they're doing. There's a lot of buy-in across everyone on the roster. Antonio Daniels talked about it a lot during this broadcast, which I got to watch at home, unfortunately. And he said it, right? You have Jackson Hayes stepping in. Hasn't gotten much minutes, many minutes. And he comes out and is prepared and does everything that's asked of him and what he needs to do to contribute to the win. And we'll talk about him in the third segment. We'll get into Najee and Valanciunas next. Then we'll get into Jackson Kyra in the third segment, along with some of the other guys here. But I think those four were really interesting guys to look at in this one. And this is just, this type of win is such a organizational success. There's a lot of foresight and development here. Success with two-way guys from the front office, David Griffin and the rest of the group. You know, identifying them, they've had a lot of success with Kenrich Williams, with Najee Marshall, with Jose Alvarado. To be able to get those guys as undrafted players, sign them to a two-way, and then they outplay that spot and get converted to a full NBA deal is incredible. To be able to get those guys basically through the draft, right? You can call them second-round picks if you wanted. But to identify them... And then trust your coaching staff to develop them. Willie Green and company, at times, others. Stan Van Gundy for a year. Developing these guys and bringing them along and showing, giving them an opportunity, coaching them up so that they don't, they shouldn't be on two-way deals anymore. Those are the type of things that are massive successes for the Pelicans. Najee Marshall is an incredible story with them. Undrafted on a two-way deal, gets converted to a deal at the end of the season, and has been a key contributor for New Orleans basically ever since he started getting minutes for the Pels. He was the hero. They don't win this game without him. They don't win a couple of games this season without him. That type of stuff, especially in a small market, cannot be understated how important that is. It's just incredible. It makes the team better, particularly when you have some heavyweight stars in Zion Williamson and Brandon Ingram. This win... It tells you a lot about the direction this franchise is heading and the path that they've taken to get here so far. At times, Rocky, there have been misses, certainly. But you just want to hit on as many as you can. And right now, New Orleans is doing it with undrafted guys. And it's really, really paying off. And that's why they're currently second in the West. So coming up next, let's get into some of the performances here. Najee Marshall, Valanciunas next. Then we'll get into Jax and Kyra Lewis Jr. in the third segment. So that's all coming up here next in today's episode of Locked on Pelicans. Today's episode of Locked on Pelicans is brought to you by Prize Picks. Prize Picks is daily fantasy made easy. You want to take Najee Marshall to score more than the Prize Picks projection of eight and a half points? Seems pretty good, right? And you can do that over at Prize Picks. 
pick two to six players and they go score more or less than their prize picks projection, you can win up to 25 times your money on any entry. The best part is you're not competing against other people. It's just you versus the projections available. You see them and you pick more than that or less than that. It's really that easy and they have every sport you could want. Entries can be made in 60 seconds or less. It's that easy and they also offer safe and fast withdrawals and they're currently operational in over 30 states and Canada. So download the PrizePix app or go to prizepix.com to sign up and play daily fantasy sports. First time users can receive a 100% instant deposit match up to $100 with promo code locked on. If you deposit 100, PrizePix will give you 100. If you deposit 50, PrizePix will give you 50. Don't forget, enter promo code locked on and sign up for an instant deposit match up to $100. And thank you for making Locked On Pelicans your first listen today and every day. Now, check out Locked On Sports Today, the biggest stories around the sports world in 20 minutes or less. Locked On Sports Today, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. We today on Locked On Pelicans talking about the 113-93 win over the Indiana Pacers. Pelicans getting it done with their depth. Oh, I need to take that off on YouTube. There we go. And... It was incredible. Najee Marshall really was the big story for New Orleans. 22 points on the night, thrust in as a starter yet again. Six rebounds, four assists, four made threes, a block. He was just flat out good. You know, he's the knife, right? That's what Willie Green called him. He kind of fits any role, and he comes in and can kind of slice through the defense. You see him being aggressive, getting to the, uh, getting to the rim and scoring against the Oklahoma City Thunder. Didn't do a recap on the game because all this. You know, he was really important early on for New Orleans, getting downhill, attacking the basket, and putting some pressure on the defense. He didn't need to do it as much in this one. But he still breaks that out enough that teams kind of respect that now. And it leaves him a little bit more open on the three-point line. And he went four of nine from deep. You need to hit your shots, particularly with against Indiana, who is not converting but could have gotten hot at any point in time. Najee making four threes, leading the team in that regard, is absolutely Massive. He was excellent in this game, obviously. Defensively, he's there too. He makes hustle plays. He goes after boards. He gives you just a little bit of everything. You need him to run the offense to keep the ball moving. He can do that too. You saw point Najee. You saw him work off ball. You saw him try and be aggressive Najee, which is also a great one. There's just so many different roles a player like him really fits in and can contribute with. And he was the star of the game for New Orleans. You know, his minutes mattered. The starters weren't the best in this, kind of keeping pace with the Indiana Pacers. And it was really the bench coming in and that jolt of energy they provided that really lifted New Orleans. But when you look at the individual plus minus, which is not always a great stat to look at, Najee was a plus 22 in his minutes. No other starter was better than a positive four, which was Jonas Valanciunas, who we'll talk about in a second here. Tells you something. It tells you something about what was really working when they find the right kind of combination of lineups and yeah, led New Orleans uh, big time in this win. Undrafted guy, two-way player, converted. And now he hit that buzzer beating three at the end of the third quarter too, which was just spectacular. Just making plays all around the court in literally like every different kind of area. He was eight of 14 from the field in this one. Jonas (coughs) Valanciunas, also key for New Orleans in this one. A cool 20-12 and 12 game. Five assists for him, too. He was great. They they couldn't keep up with him, right? I know Miles Turner has been a big trade target for a lot of people, but Valanciunas completely outplayed him in this one. 
He, you know, Turner didn't look particularly great. And I can see the merits of Turner on this roster. But then you see what Valanciunas does when he does know he has the advantage and New Orleans needs to get him the ball more. And they did in this one. He feasts. He also showed off a lot of touch, too. This was not him just dunking. He wasn't running the pick and rolls as much as you would have liked. They were pick and popping him more where he would pop out for a jumper. But you saw him have some touch around the basket in a way that you don't always often see. There were some ballerina-esque moves from him, including kind of losing the ball. But behind the back, it was pretty fun to watch. When he's going and when they realize they, they have an advantage there that there aren't that many other centers that are as strong and physical as him, it really gives the Pelicans a very big advantage, and they used it in this. His Of the starters, as I mentioned, just the plus-minus, he was the guy that was second most there, and he didn't need to work that hard. 10 of 18 from the field, six offensive rebounds, giving New Orleans second-chance points, six defensive boards, five assists. That's one of the biggest things with him. When the ball hits his hands, it's not there. He'll either kick it out, or he runs a lot of dribble handoff actions and being that big body when he's not setting an illegal screen really does free up guys for him to get those assists and keep the offense flowing. The ball movement for New Orleans was great in this one. And when you have a center that can contribute to that, that's a big reason why. He was great. Pretty much everyone was great, right? You don't really have many complaints about a number of players. It's interesting because we're not going to talk about him in this one. We won't talk about probably either of these guys in this show. CJ McCollum, Jose Alvarado, the starting backcourt for New Orleans, shot very poorly. CJ got his shots because he's getting to the line and converting at the line at a high rate right now. 19 points on the night. But 5 of 14 from the field. Jose was 3 of 11 from the field. You're down... Five key players and your starting backcourt goes a combined eight for 25. And you win by 20 points and we're up by as many as 29 in this. The depth for New Orleans shining through. Coming up next, let's talk a little bit about Jackson Hayes and Kyra Lewis Jr. Because you had to like what you saw from Kyra in this, in his first kind of like, oh, he's back and he looks good kind of game. I'll talk about what I mean coming up here next in today's episode of Locked On Pelicans. Before we do that, though, today's episode of Locked On Pelicans is brought to you by BetOnline.net. BetOnline.net is your number one source for sports betting info, stats, news, and analysis. So get all the latest odds and trends for every professional and amateur league out there, whether it's pro football, college bowl season, the NBA, they've got it all over at BetOnline.net. And if you love sports podcasts, you can even find those over at BetOnline as well. It's the fastest and easiest way to get your sports betting info. So head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends in action happening right now over at betonline.net, betonline, where the game starts. Thank you for making Locked On Pelicans your first listen today and every day. Now for your second listen, they're still mathematically alive. These Saints... Go listen to Locked On Saints, Ross Jackson breaking down everything black and gold. Make sure Locked On Pels is your first listen, Locked On Saints, your second listen today. All right, let's start to wrap up the show before I feel like I'm going to die right here. Uh, but this was such a fun game that I was going to make sure we pu- I pushed through and did a show today. 113-93 win over the Indiana Pacers. As I said in the open, the beginning segment here, things feel different. Things feel different, and that's starting to really hit with other players too. Uh, last week I did a show on should the Pelicans play Jackson Hayes more. I said, you know, it couldn't hurt to try. Couldn't hurt to try and see what you have from him, but I'm not expecting great results. I don't know if he listened, but he's looking like a different kind of player right now. And before we get into his play, because I want to get into the good parts of this, right? We've been here before. We've been here before where he go, you know, doesn't get minutes, 
because he, he gets minutes early, doesn't play well, gets benched, gets minutes again, looks good, and then looks really bad, gets benched, gets minutes again, looks good, then doesn't, gets benched, and there's just this, it's a roller coaster, right? It's this up and down cycle we have. We're in the looks good part right now, but we need more than two games of that too. So I'm not ready to say like, this is him or whatever. I don't think this has probably helped his trade value tremendously, though it certainly hasn't hurt anything, but he's a good. So I'm not ready to be like, yeah, on the Jackson Hayes train here, but I'm certainly happy that he's playing well. I'm encouraged by what I've seen. He just basically needs to do it the rest of the year. And he's going to need to do it from a different role. It's one thing when you're getting tons of minutes. It's another when, you know, you're in more of a reserve role and you're kind of limited in things. But after a real big game against the Oklahoma City Thunder, he followed it up with a very good game against the Indiana Pacers. 15 points, 9 rebounds on the night. He was a monster defensively with 3 blocks, and two, including like a, a two-handed clutch grab block against the backboard where he came flying out of nowhere as a trailing man. It was really impressive and he kept it alive too. I've talked about that with blocks, right? You don't want your swats and your blocks to, to have the ball go out of bounds, have the opponent retain possession. You either need to gobble that up or like knock it to one of your teammates. Jackson Hayes kept that ball alive, which was maybe the most impressive part of that block and it let New Orleans go down the court where they then were fouled, but still you get what I'm saying. Look, he, he looked good. Got to the line too, made his free throws. There's a couple of things that I think you could notice from him. You know, he was ready. I think the coaching staff really prepared him well, saying you're going to have some minutes. This is your opportunity and probably laying out what they expected from him and wanted from him. He was not just standing around the three-point line, launching threes or just, you know, doing like silly antics out there on the court. He was really, to use a cliche, like letting the game come to him, filling his role, role offensively and on defense too, which is that of a role player. He wasn't trying to be the star of the show. He was trying to kind of find the seams in the defense and do what he could to really fit in. And I appreciate him doing that, right? That's the type of thing that's going to make him successful when Brandon Ingram and Zion Williamson are back. So to let the game kind of come to him that way, try and play above the rim, be that guy in the dunker spot that cleans up misses, other things like that, that does the work of getting those defensive boards, take advantage of the size and the leap ability, the athletic ability. He did all of that. That's what you're really hoping to see out of Jackson Hayes in this game and what you want to see from him going forward. If he does that, he has a role on this team, probably ahead of Billy Hurdy and Gomez, just because he gives you a little bit more versatility. And don't forget, he started for about a quarter of the season last year, started in the playoffs, though that was kind of token starter and done nominally. But he looks look good these past two games, and I'm really encouraged by that, just trying to kind of fit in and realize what his job is and what the expectations are for him, not trying to be the hero or anything like that, and just being part of the team. You talked about the big-to-big passing that he and Jonas Valanciunas had, right? And it speaks to something I mentioned in the first segment. I actually had this note for that and forgot to say it. You know, a lot of team chemistry there. There's a lot of trust. Jackson Hayes said after the game, he went over and had Christmas dinner with Valanciunas and his family. They're doing things like that, which means when they're out there on the court together, these guys are on the same page a lot more. And you saw it pay off. Again, 30 assists for a bunch of dudes who don't normally play with each other. It's incredible. Another guy that I thought looked really good 
the numbers won't show this if you miss the game and you're just looking at the box score, was Kyra Lewis Jr. You know, hasn't gotten tons of minutes since he's been back from the injury, but they're kind of easing him back into playing. Seven points on the night's pretty good. Three of seven from the field. But a couple of things really jumped out at you. His speed is back. The athleticism is back. He hasn't missed a step. He is freaking fast. He is really, really fast. He can get downhill, get to the rim. Missed a bunch of shots at the rim, missed two shots at the rim, made one, but he was trying. And the fact that he's trying to break down the defense and add that aggressive element to it, great. Shooting is going to be hit or miss with him, but he made a corner three in this one. But then the way he used his speed, not just to get to the rim, but to create some separation. He had a mid-range jumper in this, pull-up mid-range jumper. If he adds that to his game, he'll have that shot whenever he wants. With that speed, getting downhill and getting guys on their back foot, backpedaling, just trying to keep up with that blazing speed, if he can stop, stop on a dime, there's no way that defender is going to be able to stay near him. They're moving backwards, and he's going to have acres of space if he wants to be able to rise up and pull up and shoot. If he can do that, and he showed that midi off in this game, that's an eye-opening thing. That's how you weaponize your speed and make yourself more than one-dimensional as a player. Do more of that, and I'm going to be really excited by what we see out of Kyra Lewis Jr., and that's how you can convince me that he's really part of the future here. I like him. You like the speed there. I still don't know when this team's fully healthy, where all of his minutes come from, but keep working on your game. If you add that mid-ranger, you're going to have a place in the league for a long time as that kind of change of pace guard that can get downhill and keep a defense off balance. Loved seeing that from him. All right, that's going to do it for this episode of Locked on Pelicans. Thank you all so much for listening. As always, I'm your host, Jake Madison, at Nola Jake on Twitter. And I'll be back with you all tomorrow.